Hey, I'm Nora Jones, and today I'm playing along with Valerie June. I'm just playing along with you. I'm just playing along with you. Hi, welcome to the show. I'm Nora, and with me as always is Sarah Oda. I never know what to say when you say that. Like, well, just Hi. say hello. <laughs> well, let's just keep that. All right. So today's show, today's show, we have Valerie June. She happens to be a friend of ours, which was extra fun. These shows we've done with people who I'm already friends with have been very special, I, I got to say. Yeah. You're because learning a lot of things you didn't know, even though you've known these people for so long. And yeah. So it's much wild time. how much you get to know them more in these intensive mm-hmm. little thingies we're doing. I don't know how to, how to explain it, but this was a very, um, it was intense. I felt so uh, connected to Valerie. Yeah. She's a very beautiful sort of magical person. She really is a very unique human. Very unique as a person and her music as well. Yeah. And, um, Everything about her. Can't put her in a box. No, she's amazing. And I, I've I've known her um, through the last two albums. I've sort of known her and, and watched her make these albums. And I've seen her go through all these different phases with her music and I just loved playing with her finally because we I mean, we have kind of sung together definitely before in, on various recording sessions, but not in this sort of truly intimate way, mm-hmm. just playing songs yeah. together. So yeah. this was a really special, special thing for me. Um, her new album is called The Moon and Stars Prescription for Dreamers. That kind of sums her up in a nutshell. I feel <laughs> it like. really does. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's the kind of person, she's always creating, inventing, writing, performing. Yeah. She's always making it happen. She really inspires me in that way because, yes. um, you know, she just keeps moving forward. I love that about her. Yeah, and learning. I feel like she's a real sort of mm-hmm. student of life in that way. She is. Yeah. Well, we hope you enjoy this show. I had so much fun playing with Valerie June. Enjoy. been in my head I wake up with it and 
Is that how you wrote it? <laughs> Did you Let just wake up with it? Because that's how it happen? feels when I'm, it's in my head. <laughs> well, I think I was around the house, like in the kitchen, and the song started coming. And it made me cry when I first started getting it. Wow. Because I was like, chattering mind, oh yeah, that is what I have. <laughs> it was pretty constant. And at first, the song was called Nameless, ah. but now it's called um, Home Inside because they both really capture the essence of what the song means to me, but Home Inside is better because everyone has one. <laughs> yeah, even if you don't feel settled in your home home, right? Mm-hmm. And that's such a intense thing. Yeah, and you'll be here in the world and all the busyness of it, and even of your own mind, your own doubts, your own fears, your own in, like insecurities or whatever. And it's like, how do you calm that heavy waves that come through your life? And so the song was like a little gift for me yeah. to be able to calm my mind in the moment that I'm singing it. <laughs> well, that's kind of how I feel with a lot of your songs. <laughs> That maybe they are your own sort of, um, almost like a mantra, you know, and they come in your mind and they are sort of things that you use and then you give them to everyone else by singing them, you know, to us. But that's sort of how they, a lot of them feel to me. A lot of the ones lately, for sure. Yeah. I think I'm like in a place now, whereas before of receiving these songs like this way, but before I was more in the place of just learning how to write a song yeah. and just learning the art of it and just anything that came, um, just breaking it down and being like, okay, that's the chorus. Okay, that's the verse. Okay, yeah. that's going to be a bridge and structure. But now I just like, I'm not having to think about the songwriting as much. I'm more able to just go to a little place in the ether uh-huh. and be in that space and, and dance just channel there. it. Yeah. And but, have fun. But isn't that the best place to be? It's what we do when we're like, that's where we want to get when we're yeah. learning a new instrument or we're practicing. We want to get to the place where we're just like able to soar. Yeah. That's where I wanted to be for years. <laughs> it's like you developed your muscle memory and you know how song structure goes. So it's mm-hmm. not, and even if you go against it, it's great. It, yeah. That's kind of the beauty of it. Break the you, you rules. Learn, yeah, you learn the rules to break them. Yeah. I yeah. love that. And I, I feel that with all your songs, but it's, you know, it's, I feel that in the new ones too, in a special way. Um, do you remember the first song you wrote? Well, I mean, I wrote a lot of songs when I was a kid Did about you? nature okay. and trees and frogs. That's and what stuff. I was wondering. Like, you probably don't even remember the very first, right? <laughs> Not the very first, but I do remember. When I decided I was going to try to be a songwriter, I was about 18, and I lived in Memphis, and I would take gospel songs that I've been singing my whole life, and I would hear melodies to those songs. So, Wow. Yeah. So, so you, yeah, that's, well, that's how you learn. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I did it. It was just mixing in a gospel song with some of my own lyrics and learning those patterns of the songs that I've been singing for 18 years, every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, and every Wednesday night at church. That's a lot. That's a lot of church. Times 18. That's a lot of church. (laughs) So everybody's singing in church. Yeah. But were there instruments? No instruments. See, that's what I find so unique about your church upbringing. That is so different. It really is. And it's not that common. It's not. No. Um, because most churches want to have those instruments, but in our um, Church of Christ, you can't dance and you can't play instruments. So Wow. Yeah. And I've seen you dance now, so that that's why you're such a good dancer, I think, now, <laughs> probably. <laughs> well, I'm like, I'm going to dance every day yeah, exactly. and play instruments. I love that. <laughs> That is so wild to me. I never thought about it like that. I, that, I remember when we first um, stayed in the same house together over that Thanksgiving when you were making that record and you would dance every morning. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's cool. That's a cool way to exercise every morning. Just put on a cool playlist. And if you're on the road, you can do it in the hotel room. Yeah, you don't have to find a gross gym. Exactly. <laughs> or go outside. Worry about all of it. Wow. So even if it's just 10 minutes 
as usually what I like to do. But for the last two months this summer, I started to jog, and that's a different kind of energy. Yeah. And I miss my dancing, so I got to go back to it because I just feel like it makes me feel like I can, like my creativity is a little better when I just listen to music and I just oh, yeah. like move my body to what feels right in that moment. Well, it's just so fun. Mm-hmm. It just it starts your day with such good energy. It's true. And, you know, we were talking a little bit last night, and I wish we'd recorded it all because <laughs> we were talking about the good energy, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you have really good energy. And I'm like, was she just born with that? Or is that something she's, like, turned herself into? But I, I feel like you were probably born with it. I think we all are born with it. See, that's the right answer. That's <laughs> this is that's a question coming from someone who who doesn't start their day with good energy, right? Um, yeah, you're right about that. Yeah, we have to we have to like practice it though to keep it going, right? Exactly. Yeah. And for me, it's a 24 hour a day practice to work on my energy because I know how dark I can be. And I know that when I wake up in the morning, I'm generally, like, not happy. I'm not a morning person. I feel very, like, just heavy to be in the world sometimes and know the things that are happening in the world. And, yeah. and like, it has to be a practice for me to shift my energy out of that dark space to what I wish the world will be and what I know we can be. And um, That is such an amazing way to... Start every day. <laughs> That's pretty much the whole day. Yeah. One of my favorite things growing up, as you know, with all those years at church, they would say pray without ceasing. And I never really got that until I started living my life with the practice of positivity. Yeah. Because I have to make that something that doesn't cease throughout the day, you know. It, you can't let it get you, like the darkness. No. Yeah. Just staying ahead of it is kind of like... Yeah. Or it'll get you, but it, you can't let it take over. Exactly. exactly. It's always there, but I also see it as like a fuel for, for us all. Like when we have something heavy or dark, if we think of ourselves as alchemists, then we can see ourselves taking that negative thing and using it as a gas in our gas tank to shift something that's dark into a golden or sterling thing, a a golden moment. So versus using it as something that's just going to keep me down. (laughs) Yeah. I want to start practicing the Valerie. (laughs) I'm going to call it the Valerie. I'm just going to, I know you didn't invent it, but I'm going to, I'm going to just use you as my, (laughs) my uh, model. I think I need that in my life. And I was talking about, um, your your poetry book as well. You have this beautiful book of poems that is called Maps for the Modern World. And it is so cool because you have all the, your illustrations in it. And But there was one poem I, I was trying to read to my son because he was having a bad day, you know. And um, it kind of goes to the, the one about the shadows. Um, let me see. I have it right here. There's a light. There's a light. Yes. It's and it's so I'm like if my kids could just read this every day. <laughs> oh, and me too, by the way. <laughs> yeah, this poem reminds me of what you just said from your book. And I like how it's framed with the illustration as well. <laughs> there is a light around every shadow. Train your eyes to see them both. Perspectives. Oh my god. I mean, yeah. It's just so simple, isn't it? It really is. It really is. <laughs> but it, that's such a beautiful way to put it. <laughs> and then the practice, that's when it gets hard, when it's like, wait a minute. I mean, I'm deep in the darkness now. I'm like on the floor in tears. Hey, you want me to do what? See some light? Yeah. No, no, no. Oh, hell no. <laughs> yeah, that's why That's why you got to practice it before you get on the floor. Yeah. But gosh, it's so hard to do sometimes. And sometimes I need to be on the floor. Yeah. I just need to be down there. And I let myself stay down, down on the floor for a little bit. And I know that, you know, it's like that song we just played. I know that there is a place for me and that place is a light place. And I'm going to get back yeah. to home because I never really leave it. 
So I trust it now. When I was younger, I didn't trust it. I would be like, dang, I just went so dark. I don't know if I'm coming back. <laughs> well, see, that's the hard thing. As we get older, we we find these ways to sort of cope with it. But yeah, for my kids, especially yeah. right now, they're at an emotional age. And it's been a crazy year. And I just I want to give them that, but I don't know how. <laughs> so I think nature is a good way. Yeah. Just like times of... Just practicing watching the clouds change and showing them, like, how there's always sun behind there, even if there's rain, and how, like, even when we are in the middle of a storm here in the city, then, you know, we're in the country right now, but when we're in the city, maybe it's raining up here, and when we're up here, then maybe it's raining there, and they can understand that, like, through nature, that Storms happen in life, you know, with your own your own psyche and where you are in your own space. And just watching, like, you know, all of nature is a good teacher, I think, for all of us, but especially for kids with flowers yeah. and how hard it is for a flower to open. It's not easy. Yeah, but they do it. Yeah, you can do it. <laughs> and all the elements are out there to rain on it and yeah. beat it down. It's got to it... be right. Gardeners <laughs> know that it is not easy to get a beautiful flower garden. It takes work. Man. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Um, can we do one of my favorite songs of yours? Okay. Um, this song, so when, we, when you made... Um, that your last album, um, you made it in Vermont. I did. Yeah. Um, and this is the first song I heard from it. And I happened to be there because my husband was playing on the record with you and several other of the band members had family obligations but happened to have the week of Thanksgiving off. So you guys made the record over Thanksgiving week. So I... And my son came up, and a friend of mine came up to just sort of, you know, hang out in the house while you guys recorded so we could all have Thanksgiving together, right? And that was fun. It was. So I got it. I, I feel like it was on Thanksgiving night after we ate and after the dishes were done. You guys went in and you did something and then came back and invited us to come listen. And this was the song, and it was the most beautiful thing. <laughs> it had that nighttime recording energy. It really did. It really did. It had the nighttime energy. It was beautiful. And you opened the record with it, Mm -hmm. which I loved because it it just had that thing, which is so hard to get in the studio sometimes. It's true. And then other times, it's it's like songwriting. You just kind of have to hope it happens. And when it happens, be rolling. (laughs) It's true. Right? I think that's part of the joy of working with Matt Marinelli was that he brought together the cast of characters he yeah. knew were going to energetically have a moment like that. And we had several moments. You, well, the whole record night. was beautiful. <laughs> it was and so great. It's great. But that, and this, this song just opens it with the perfect, you know, it was just so great hearing it in the studio for the first time. Being like the first to hear it too was just oh, yeah. a special thing. <laughs> So this is called Long Lonely Road, and I I love this song. So can we play it? Will you play it? Yeah. And I'll play a little bit. Sounds good. Piano. Pile in the church bureaus. Grand make the best cheese rolls. Gospels are story stones. About the one way to save your soul Little guitar Gas up that old Ford car We gon' hit the dusty road Four wheels can bear the load It's been a long It's been a long, long Sing down his body work to the ground. Mm-hmm. 
folks thought we had it made Cause we always kept a face Drowning while the bills were paid Stack growing every day It's been a long It's been a long, long It's been a long time since I sang that song. Oh, good God. Just made me think about my dad. I'm sure. Just a crazy thing to sing a song and then go back in time. See, that's, that's intense. And just feel like so grateful for everything he did for us and... Excited that I get to see Grand for her 96th birthday. I know. That's good. Okay. We did that. <laughs> Sorry if I'm going to cry all day. <laughs> Lord, we you... might have to get a box of tissues if that's going to happen, but I think it's not going to happen. Oh, and then hearing you play it on the piano, I think it just did something all different to me. Aww. Which one would you like to go to? Let's try with you. Yay! I love this song. Yay! <laughs> this is a cool song. That's a good one to do. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I wrote that one when I first met Matt. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I kind of, I thought so. I had the love energy around me, so a lot of love songs came.
I love that one. It's so, it's like a bird on my shoulder, you know? <laughs> yeah. I love the way you played the piano on it. It's similar to a xylophone, the sounds, the way that they're spaced and the playfulness. Of well, it. your guitar part is so cool. I, I was trying to play with it, like dance with it a little. Yeah, it's good. good. <laughs> yeah. Let me think, what happens when I do it? I just see people like two people dancing together. Doing all their little moves. Yeah. <laughs> and growing a beautiful love and being judged by others about what they're doing and not caring. Just going and falling in love anyway. Well, it's such a beautiful like beginning <laughs> to love. Yeah. Prayer or blessing or something. <laughs> it's like that feeling at the beginning where you just... It just captures it, you know, completely. Yeah. I is, love love songs because I love love. <laughs> well, oh, yeah, oh. I know what you mean. I love. It's funny love songs. When you were a kid, did you hear? Uh, I mean, you guys listened to music at home. Yeah, oh, oh. some. My father listened to a lot of music. Yeah, like a a ton of music, right? Yeah, yeah. Like so, love songs when you were a kid. Did they mean? Anything to you? Did you understand them? Not so much. I would think they were more about love between me and family members or like between me and we're at home or things like that. And so when I listen to love songs now, I try to do that where I don't just make it about me and a lover. Yeah. But also it could be a best friend or some, you know, your craft that you love or how can that love be translated to other things? Because I think there are a lot of times coming from the blues background and loving that where the song wasn't about what it's actually being sung, you know, what, what the lyric contents are. It was more about a hidden message. So he, Right. <laughs> and that's like the cool secret song stuff that you don't want to actually tell anybody, right? But Yeah. yeah. I remember whenever, whenever our son was born, we heard all these songs about love in completely different ways. Like the like the Brian Wilson song God Only Knows. Like I never thought about that song not oh. being between two lovers, you know. But of course, it's like God, it could be anything. But for me, when we had the the baby, it was very like a lot. It went deeper all of a sudden. You oh know? yeah, oh yeah. And it makes you wonder. Well, I like the idea of using love as you know metaphorically because people are open to it. Mm-hmm. So you write a song about love, two people dancing together. The whole world could be look at, looked at that way. And yeah, can we create something like just beautiful and and not think about the heavy judgments or dark energies or negativity? How do we, you know, love is is huge. It's so vast that I can't wow. even wrap my mind around. I know it's such a it's <laughs> such a like thread to life that. You don't think about all the all the time, but it's like, <laughs> hello, just do that and you'll be a little better. <laughs> yeah. Even if it's with your crotchety neighbor, yeah. <laughs> send them some love. <laughs> um, yeah, I love it. I'm going to write a song for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't be crotchety. <laughs> so growing up, listening to records that your parents put on, your dad mostly or, or your mom too? My dad, he would play music, usually out in the car. Yeah. That was like his man cave. <laughs> the car? That's <laughs> yes. amazing. So he would go out there and bump a okay? Without <laughs> even going anywhere? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. He would not go anywhere. He would just like, he had his, like a subwoofer in there and like he would just bump in the drive. Okay. Now I'm picturing it because I got, I met your dad. Yes. I met your dad. Yeah. Um, when we were in Memphis. <laughs> I'm picturing it. He loves music, and he would just go be like, okay, five kids and a wife in this house. I'm out. I'm just going to go sit in my car yeah. and listen to some music. So were you allowed to go out there? <laughs> yeah. Okay. He didn't care. It wasn't like nobody can come with me. Yeah, yeah. So you guys went out and just hung out in the car and listened to music. <laughs> yeah. Blues? 
Mostly gospel blues and R and B. That's uh-huh. what he loved. Okay. And he knew that I loved all genres of music and he couldn't understand that. <laughs> Until the end. Till close <laughs> to the end of his life. He was like, Oh, I get it now. That's but good. Before he was like, Why do you listen to music that's not this? <laughs> yeah. He just didn't get it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I listen to everything. I love Bobby Blue Band. I love Johnny Taylor. I love <laughs> like Tupac and I love Dolly Parton yeah. and, and Tina Turner and like <laughs> he didn't get a lot of it. Yeah, that's funny. And I think a lot of times people have had in their minds that we can't listen to that because that's not for our color. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, it is. But I mean, everybody sort of subscribes to that at a certain point and then lets it go. I think it's changed a lot now because of the internet and us having access to whatever we want. We can listen to music from any country, any time period. Isn't it crazy? It's like, it's almost too much. (laughs) Mm, It is. I can't hear everything I want to hear. No, but it's amazing. But if you're stuck, it's funny because our kids, I mean, we listen to streaming and everything and um, we got them at FM radio recently just for fun because then they don't have a choice. And it's how we grew up, mm-hmm. you know. Find but, something on the radio, but you're not like searching on a computer for, you know, or like a smartphone for a, like a smart playlist. I don't know. It's just less uh, less thinking involved, which is kind of nice. And you just hear what's there, what's being played. Yeah. yeah. But back when we were growing up, that was fun. I know. Yeah. They must think we're ancient. I know. <laughs> I know. Y'all did what? You listen to an FM radio? <laughs> when did you, um, how did you discover the music that wasn't your dad's music? Were you older? Um, no, if you grew up in Tennessee, then if you go to the Walmart or to oh, Brooks's exactly. Barn or anywhere, Kroger, they're going to be playing something different that's yeah. not necessarily what you would hear. Yeah, it's just kind of in the so. air. All, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how I was in Texas. It was like, I didn't. I didn't think that I listened to a lot of country music growing up, but it was in the water. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It was like everywhere. <laughs> you go pump gas. It's part of me. Song. Yeah. It's yeah. There. <laughs> it's, it doesn't matter. At the airport, no matter where you go, exactly. there's music. And, and that just surrounded me. And if I hear a good song, even now, I don't care what genre it is, I love good songs. That's, I just love them. That's and, what matters. <laughs> So yeah. I just collected all the good ones and I'd play them around the house. That's cool. <laughs> My parents would be like, what's going on? <laughs> did your siblings do the same or were you more the... They did. They did. Everybody my brothers, did. Jason, my older brother, loves country music. He actually was playing it around the house before I started. Okay. So and kinda... then Patrick, my younger brother, plays too. So Yeah. Yeah. When did you guys get instruments? Well, we didn't really. My grandfather had a guitar the one I'm singing about in Long Lonely Road yeah. that was in the closet for my whole life till I was 15. And I begged him for it. I begged him all day at a holiday, please, granddad, can I have it? Please, granddad, can I have it? <laughs> and, and he was, no, you can't have that. Because all the kids knew, there's about 14 grandkids, and when they all knew for all of our lives, don't touch the guitar in the closet. But it never came out. No one ever played it. Yeah. And I had an interest in learning it. And so finally it was like midnight and I was still, please. And my grandmother was like, Clyde, give her that guitar. <laughs> you don't play that guitar. It's been in there for 20 years and you ain't played it. So, so he gave it to me and I didn't learn how to play it until I was in my 20s and he was already gone. So he never got to see me play it, but um, he de- he actually started this. He started all of it. Yeah, by <laughs> just ha- by keeping it in the closet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you never heard him play it. No, he couldn't play he it. Couldn't. He couldn't. He just... got it from a yard sale. Yeah. Okay. And um, I think he told himself one day I'm gonna learn it, but no. And and then we didn't have instruments in the house. But when I started playing the guitar, then my younger brother got interested in it. But you were in your 20s. Mm-hmm. So he get, he picks up music way easier than I do. Um, 
and he plays guitar and I didn't know but he plays piano and he oh. writes really pretty songs and so you guys are just musical. Yeah, yeah we I mean, always you grew sang. Up, you grew up musical. Yeah, singing, singing though. Using our voice like yeah. that. And then in our later age we started playing instruments. So when you started <laughs> playing guitar, was it more by ear at first or you just pick out stuff that you were hearing? Or did you like study a chord book or get any lessons or anything? When I first started, I got a chord book and I tried and failed and and that was in, when I was around 15. And I also had an art teacher who would play acoustic guitar while we did art in high school. And so he tried to teach me some stuff, but it just sounds didn't like work. like a cool teacher. He was so cool. <laughs> he sounds like Mr. a Mr. Big... Myatt. <laughs> That's cool. So he was so cool. And he tried to teach me some stuff, but it just didn't stick. And then when I moved to Memphis, I met this amazing musician, Andy Cohen. And he tried to teach me some stuff, but it didn't stick. Hmm. And I lived with my boyfriend, mm-hmm. who then became my husband who played guitar beautifully, and he played it all the time around the house. And he never tried to teach me because the dynamic between us was disastrous musically, but I still pushed it. (laughs) (laughs) So I was around people who played, and I was just so curious, but I had no rhythm, and I had no musical. Really? yeah, I find that no. hard to believe because I feel like you have great time. <laughs> I had to learn it. You, it really, it really didn't come naturally. Oh no! Wow. Yeah, I was the one on the chilling squad in the back, like. <laughs> <laughs> wait, and they wait. said to me, "Are you black? Are you like, are you a black girl?" <laughs> wait, can we go back? You were a cheerleader. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's go back to that now. <laughs> yeah. For how long? From junior high till the end. Till oh my gosh! Yeah. yeah. I tried to be a cheerleader in sixth grade, and I was really excited about it. <laughs> My mom wouldn't let me. Really? No, she said no. And I was so bummed <laughs> at the time, you know? But I think it was just too expensive. Like, you had to go to cheerleading camp, and you had to get all the outfits. It was just too much. She didn't want to commit to It was it. a lot. I didn't think about it like that. But that's that's kind of dancing, right? I mean, or gymnastics. It is. Yeah. And you didn't have rhythm on the cheerleading squad. That's a bad thing to not have as a cheerleader. I know. They That's always used funny. to make fun of me. And I'd like so, to see a picture also, I, please. Yeah, I got some pictures. <laughs> Woo, Lord. I, got, I still have the uniforms. I love that. <laughs> yeah. And after that, my little sisters, they decided to be cheerleaders. So we have a lot of cheerleaders in the family, and my grandmother... Used to always say cheers to us around. Oh, really? Yeah. So you like a family of singing cheerleaders? <laughs> yes, for real. We all love to sing and cheer. But that I'm, cheering is a positive thing. <laughs> it I, is. I wonder if that ties into your, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's a stretch. I think but it was early training. It's for kind positive. of a thing. Yeah. Maybe that's like just in your family because of all the cheering. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I never really thought about it that way, but sure. Yeah. We, we definitely have that side. Oh, man. What were you thinking next? I was thinking, call me a fool. Okay. Let's do it. Call me a fool. Call me a fool. I love this song. So, (laughs) it's so, oh, and again, it's just that simple, like, straight to the bone. (laughs) Um, I'm I'm just a fool. No, you're not. But did you grow up listening to Carla Thomas? Unconsciously. Yeah, like in the in the water. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't know until I got older and I moved to Memphis that she was the one who sang the song. Oh, yeah. Um, Baby or with Otis on stuff. But living in Memphis for 10 years, that's where I, like, would hear, Carla's going to be at the Cooper Young Festival or Carla's going to be playing a few songs down at Isaac's Hayes Club or wherever that she would show up. And so, and she didn't do very many shows. So I saw her around town for 10 years, and then I moved to New York, and I I never met her. You never did. Mm -mm. But I listened basically for two years every day to What a Fool I've Been (laughs) by her. Amazing. <laughs> and when I was working on Call Me a Fool, I was like, I really need to ask 
Boo Mitchell if he knows Carla's number so I could see if she would sing with me on this song. That's so cool. Yeah. And she did. She did. And her voice is just so beautiful. It's crystal clear, like her soprano. And she went to school, yeah, for classical and soprano I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Her college degrees in that and... um. And so, yeah, I mean, she's just amazing. And she has so many stories. I want you to, you got to meet her. Yeah. She sounds amazing. <laughs> she's so good. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah, I've met some saints in my life. Mavis, Carla, and Sister Peace. Those are my oh, three yeah. saints. <laughs> well, I also met Omar, who is a saint from India. So I met a lot of saints. Oh, the oh wow, you met her? Yeah. <laughs> the actual saint. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Technically. Literally. Yeah, the literal saint. Yeah. I, I didn't even met her. That's cool. Yeah. And I feel like Carla and Mavis, yeah. and they're Mavis. like that. They have that kind of joy energy like that. Well, that's that thing where we keep coming back to. And Mavis definitely has that. Oh, I got um, that from her. Yeah. It's pretty great being around her. Mm-hmm. She can lift a whole building of people. I don't know how she does it, but it's amazing. So good. It's so good. And so Carla's the same. She is. I want to go to Memphis with you. Oh, yeah. Again. For sure. Because that was a short trip we did, but. Well, we'll go. And I mean, to me, I really like Royal Studios there now. I've never been. Just, it's. Willie Mitchell's studio, and everything is as he left it. Uh-huh. So it's a little bit like, you know, the carpet's the same from back then. The walls are the same. The everything. Vibe. <laughs> yes, vibey. That's so great. good. The records, like gold records of Ann Peebles and, and Al Green and Otis Clay and all these amazing Memphis musicians on high records, all their gold records are still in there and everything. That's such good energy to walk into. Yeah, <laughs> Memphis Horns. Did you do some of the new record there? Yes, okay. this song, Call Me a You Fool. did this one there. I did it there. All right, well, should we do it? Let's do it. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to try to be Carla, so I'm just going <laughs> to feel my way around. Okay. <laughs> They call me a fool They call me a fool Lay heart for on A heart that's gone A new love bone Thought I had it under control, yeah But it should me grip me, grab my soul, yeah should we grip me, grab my soul, yeah Heard it knocking, pounding on the door, yeah Heard it knocking, pounding on the door, yeah When I knew I had to let it go Don't you know I wish that I could help it Don't you know I wish that I could help it Don't you know I wish that I could forget Don't you know that I wish that I could forget But this new love's so strong, yeah Well, this new love is so strong, well, it's a power keeps me holding on Yeah, they call me a fool Darling, they call me a fool For your love, baby Don't be a fool anytime Don't be a fool anytime, anytime For loving you Well, I've been wishing things had been different But I guess the cards they fall the way they're meant When I lose a draw, you play the hand you sent
Yeah. Yay! I love how you go on that one. It's like, you are daring them to call you a fool. <laughs> oh, yeah. You call me a fool. <laughs> go for it. I want you to. <laughs> oh, my God. I got a little shy with those uh, copy harmonies. The, those are The pretty. call and response, but um, I love it. That's Thank a great song. You. We enjoyed singing it. Yeah. Well, you know, her voice, whenever we get to the end, and she's just, like, soaring these oh, beautiful yeah. high, long notes, like, Ooh. Yeah, yeah, I love those. And she could just go higher and higher and higher, and I'm just like, ah, ah, uh, how can you do that? Yeah. Her voice is so high. It's so like, open and high still. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy how some people, as they get older, they keep that. I know. And then there's Joni Mitchell. She drops like five octaves, you know. And I love both. I and love I love both. both yeah. And Dolly, too. She's still up high. I know. Yeah. I'm like, that's a gift. It is. To sing up there. That's a great one. When you were growing up, um, did your dad promote shows? He did. Yeah. Yeah. He promoted like the year I was. In the Bailey Prince. Really? <laughs> One of his first shows. I forgot about that. Yeah. I think you told me that. Really? Yeah. I didn't get to go to the show because I was yeah. still in there. But <laughs> I guess I was there, but I wasn't there. Wait, did your mom go? She did. Okay, she, she was there. She would help him with the business. So she was always there. And then um, people like Bobby Womack and a lot okay. of gospel acts and stuff. So, so some beautiful. music... Mostly music he would listen to, though? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. If he was a fan, he tried to bring the artists to our town. Well, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, and he met so many artists that way. Like, he would just go to shows and and meet the artists and try to say, hey, come back to our town if you... like, Because they always went to Memphis or Nashville. So he would promote the shows in Jackson? Yeah. And, and where? Just wherever? Coliseum. Okay. So we have a Coliseum there oh. and a Civic Center. Wait, that's a big show. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I didn't realize it was like that. Or colleges, like the, okay. He the, would promote um, pretty big shows then. Yeah, he okay. did. Um, the Prince show was at the University of Martin, which is a state college. Okay. So sometimes at schools, if he could get every, all the ducks in a row, that's pretty great. <laughs> yeah. So did was. you grow up going to those shows? As I got older, I would work the shows, you so work. I would set up the green room and stuff, but at night, whenever the shows would occur, I couldn't go because I'm a kid, and yeah. they'd be like, nope, you got to stay home. But you would hear sound checks? Mm-hmm. So I would you, hear sound checks. So sure. you grew up listening to people sound check. Yeah, and I knew Which that is kind I of wanted a weird, to be on that side of it. It's a cool thing to actually witness <laughs> yeah. and different. Yeah. Seeing the speakers come in and yeah. all of it gets set up and stuff. The road cases. Yeah. All that. Yeah. And being back there, backstage. Oh, that's so cool <laughs> for a kid. Yeah. yeah. But that's a really unique perspective, I feel like. It is. You know. I was glad I got that. And also that I saw the other side of it, which is the front and... And I didn't want to be on that side. I wanted to be on the stage yeah. side. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. it was good training you, for you me. You knew it. <laughs> yeah. From yeah. an early age, you thought that? I knew I wanted to be a singer. Yeah, okay. I knew I did. I wanted to really bad, but I didn't think it was possible for me because my voice is weird and <laughs> there weren't singers on the radio who sounded like me. No, so. there really weren't. Mm-mm. But that's what's so great about you. I mean, to find your own voice, it's like the most special thing. But when you're a kid, you don't you don't get that. Don't and nobody know. in the world in the family got it. I, oh. They'd be like, you want to be a singer? Saying, mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's not very encouraging. <laughs> oh, no, no, And no. yet, look at what you've done. <laughs> I say, call me a fool. Yeah, yeah. no way. <laughs> I dare you. I dare you. That's what I'm going to do. You watch. That's some That's some perseverance, you know, like without a lot of encouragement. Oh, yeah. That's kind of intense, Val. <laughs> yeah. Man. I'm okay with what it takes for a flower to flower. Yeah, basically. You get it. Yeah. Man, I love it. I love your story. Um, I have another... Um, Favorite song of yours that I would want, I would, I was gonna ask if you would play it. This is from, is that was your first album that you did with Dan? 
Yeah. Arbach. Mm-hmm. And um, how did you end up recording with him? I, um... He was I living did. in Memphis? No, he lived in Nashville. Okay. And he was just finishing Easy Eye Studios. I think I was one of the first people to record in there. Cool. It's a cool place. And um, I met this guy, Kevin Agunas. And I just raised money with Kickstarter. And so I needed to make a record because I had the money. And Kevin, he asked me one day at Central Barbecue in Memphis, we're waiting in line to get our barbecue. He's like, who would you like to work with? And I said, well, I really like the music of Dan Auerbach. I like what he does with the Black Keys, but I also like his solo stuff. Yeah. And he was like, I was just with him last week because they were working on a project together. He was like, let me ask him if he want to write songs with you. And he did. And so we went to John Prine's studio because Dan's <gasps> studio, I didn't even know Dan was building a studio. Okay. But he was friends with John and he would work out of John's studio. So we met at John Prine's studio. Wow. And we wrote Tennessee Time there. Okay. And um, You Can't Be Told. And at the end of our writing session, he was like, would you like to make a record? And I was like, sure. He was like, well, I have a studio here in Nashville that's almost finished. So if you want to, we can go in and make a record. And so we did. And it was like my first record that I've ever made. But we'd also, he invited me, too, to sing at Super Jam and Bonnaroo with him, which is where I met, like, all the people like Leon Michaels and people like that because they were in the band. They were in the Black Keys then. Um, well, yeah, yeah, it was, but it was also just that Super Jam. They invited oh, like oh, Preservation I got you. It was, it's and Manahan. Like the house band for that. Yeah. Okay, I got you. And uh, Dr. John, it was like a ton of oh, people. Oh, Leon told me about that, actually. It was, it she was, said a it was ton. amazing. Yeah, it was. That's so cool. Just standing beside Dr. John was cool. Yeah, Man, I Zen. Bet. Talk about Zen. He was so Zen. Really? Yeah. That is so cool. <laughs> like badass then. I bet. Yeah, he had that vibe. <laughs> and so Dan and I met, and then we ended up working on Pushing Up Against the Stone. And um, and that was the last time I worked with him, but I've I've loved everything that they've been doing. Yeah, they've been doing great. some cool but stuff. But that album is great. And to have that, you know, that was your first album. Was it weird to be in the studio after just playing, you know? Do, I assume you were doing a lot of gigs and well, no, or not. I was doing a lot of gigs like solo stuff, and I was just getting started, and it was very weird for me to be in the studio because I'd never like made a record myself before. My husband and I made a record at a studio in Memphis, so you'd had a little experience in the studio, not much though, so. yeah. Not like, you know, those songs that we did, we had been playing them at shows, mm-hmm. and I had an experience going in and basically starting from scratch and doing a record. Yeah. And I was so nervous. I was like, it was like going, like, to me, it was like very, like, um, going in for a procedure or something where I was, oh, like, no. scared and nervous. What's the outcome oh, going to no. be? <laughs> Oh, that's horrible. I was horrible. so nervous. <laughs> but were you able to sort of shed that as as the like time went on in the studio? Or sort not of. Not really. I I don't think I shed it until my second record. Okay. And even with the third record, this one, Moon and Stars, even more. Yeah. But something about me with studios, like if I know I'm going. It's like, this is a photograph. It's going to last forever. Yeah, it, that's what it is. That's and exactly so what it is. I so nervous. It's stressful because of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, and it, it's, it can't go back. It's like, it, the songs Songs are kind of alive, don't yeah, you think? I do. So it's like, oh, let's take your senior prom picture <laughs> yeah, right now much. and then give it to everybody. <laughs> and I look back at the senior pictures and I'm like, ugh, I wore that. Yeah. You know? well, like, that's like your freshman picture <laughs> yeah. with Dan. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so. but but it's weird. But as long as you, I I started recently in the studio. I I have that same thing, especially if it's a song I really love or have played too much. I like I like recording when I haven't played a song too much. I think I get better versions that way. But there's different sides to that. But recently, I I, I just kept telling myself in the studio like, 
it's all good. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's just sounds and words and people will get the idea because you're just putting them together. Um, and this is not brain surgery and wrong notes are fine. And it's just the vibe. It has to be good. You know, I just like tell myself that. Exactly. To, to sort of not get too caught up in like, but that wasn't quite what I thought it would be, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like a whole thing. And I've had to do that in my career in general, let go of what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Because when I get on stage, the sound doesn't sound ever live what uh, I thought it was going to be. Well, it's different than playing in, like in your dressing room, exactly. playing guitar and singing. And it's so, just so different. So different. So I've had to change what making music is in my head. Like, it's okay to make a mistake. It's okay if the sound check is, sounds different than the live show. What I'm supposed to do is just sing and play. And when I go in the studio, even though I still have that nervousness, it's okay, like you said. If, yeah. If we flub it, just don't feel shy about saying, can I do that one more time? Yeah, you and can do it. And I didn't feel like that kind of confidence for my art when I first started where I had that voice to say, guys or girls, can I go? Can we try it again? Yeah. You can know? we try it slower? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's like you don't know in the beginning that you, you're allowed or something. Yeah. And especially if you're in a situation where there's someone else sort of at the at the wheel, like a producer, even if it's a great producer who's very kind, you, you just think that they're, they'll tell you if you need to do it again. And then you don't really know in the beginning that you can also say that. You yeah, know? it goes both ways. It's, it's actually your thing. So <laughs> you definitely should if you're not feeling comfortable. But it's confusing in the beginning when you're young and shy. Yeah, and I found now that most producers want you to say, hey, can, if you don't feel like that was your most confident yeah. take, then they want you to say what's on your mind. But it took three records for me to get that confidence around making some records. Yeah. And so I feel a little better about going in. And even with this last record, learning how to do stuff in logic and record a little bit on my own. Oh, you know? yeah, because you were home. Yeah. yeah. So that was a whole other side of things where I will hear musicians talk about plugins and oh, gear gosh. and get so intimidated, like, what's a plugin? But now <laughs> I actually know what that is and I know what, how to yeah. you know, use basically engineer basic stuff. That's great. <laughs> so, I mean that's the that's the way it is now. Yeah. Even even out of lockdown, that's just the way it is. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Oh, I wanted to ask you about life on the road. Do you like being on the road? Do you feel like that's a comfortable home for you? Life on the road as a touring musician, or do, do, do you struggle with it? Um, after having like I've been doing that for about a decade, and having the pandemic happen where I finally had to be home, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, for a year, <laughs> like everyone else, I realized how much I enjoy being home. <laughs> and so I'm like, a Isn't nice it a weird balance thing? would yeah. be so great. <laughs> it, it made you want to fine-tune it a little more. Yeah. yeah and like when, when going for the gigs, either go and come home sooner or pace the shows where I'm able to enjoy the travel a little better. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, take a little more control over the the joy of touring. Yeah. Yeah, I, get, I got it. Instead of just, like, doing everything you can and getting tired and homesick. So tired. I didn't realize until I stopped how tired I was. I've heard that from a lot of people <laughs> over, <laughs> you know, the, the whole pandemic. Yeah, Even with different professions. Yeah. The, no, I mean, it's just modern life, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. We do have a lot to do in this modern time versus people living with the sun, yeah. you know, where they wake in the morning with the sun and they go to bed with the yeah. sun. And they, they don't have to check emails. Work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. It's a simpler thing. Yeah. Well, this has been so awesome. Yeah, it's I'll, been fun. Thank I love you. you. I love you too. My friend, and I love you even more after playing music with you. It's so fun. Thank you. Um, can we do one song to end it? Yes, we can. I do love this song from the um, your first album called Twined and Twisted. Okay. Okay.
Well, I thought I had your number Stuck in my phone Oh, but I can't find it no way And besides these Well, I borrowed time and ain't got it done Peter to pay Paul Oh, still a heathy so long Saying you can get through it all Shackle bound, bound, bound by steel I roam Said and I got no place in this old world Shackle bound, bound, bound by steel I was so fun. Thanks for listening to the show with Valerie June. Thank you, Valerie, for pushing away negativity, being a dreamer. We need more people like you. Yeah. Inspirational. Please check out Valerie's albums and see if she's got any tour dates brewing. Definitely go see her live if you're able. And she also has a children's book out now called Somebody to Love, the story of Valerie June's sweet little baby banjolele. It's brought to life with beautiful illustration by our very talented friend, Marcella Avalar. It's available now worldwide, so go to your local bookshop and grab yourself a copy. Have a great day, y'all. This show was produced by me and Sarah Oda, recorded by James Landry, mixed by James Landry, lovingly packaged by James Landry. Additional engineering by Greg Tobler. Photography by Shervin Linez. Artwork by Eliza Fry. <laughs>